This is Passing Judgment, a podcast about the law and how it affects you. I'm your host, Loyola Law School professor Jessica Levinson. Think of me as your personal law professor as we navigate the big legal questions of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers. Is former President Trump immune from criminal prosecution based on actions he took while in office? That's the big legal question I want to talk to you about today. Hey, everybody, it's Jessica, and we're going to tackle that issue because it threatens to throw out one of the federal criminal cases pending against the former president. We know that there are two federal cases that are pending against Trump. One involves Mar-a-Lago and the alleged unlawful retention of documents at Mar-a-Lago. The other involves alleged attempts to illegally interfere with the presidential election in 2020. And that's the case I'm talking about today. So alert for everybody who wants to learn a little bit more. I did write an MSNBC column about this as well. So let's begin. Trump, we know, is on an endless quest to delay the cases pending against him. And so right before Christmas, Trump asked the D.C. Circuit, this is a court of appeals, to dismiss the federal election interference case against him. Again, why? Because Trump is arguing that he is entirely immune from criminal prosecution based on actions he took while he was president particularly based on quote-unquote official acts, and I'll talk about that more in a moment. So what happens if Trump succeeds? If he is successful on this claim, and let me tell you, he shouldn't be, and I don't think that he will be, because all of the law points in the opposite direction. But if he is successful, then special counsel Jack Smith would have to dismiss one of the two federal criminal cases pending against Trump. Again, we're talking about the federal election interference case. So what is Trump's argument based on? Well, it's based on the idea that the president does enjoy legal protections that you and I don't. And there is this thing called the doctrine of presidential immunity. And it does apply. It is a thing, but it's limited. Now, it shields the president from things like civil suits for official actions taken while in office. What is the quintessential example of that? Uh, it actually comes from a case involving former President Nixon, where he was sued for unlawful termination of a civil servant. And what the court found is that he was entirely immune from civil suit based on official acts, not personal acts, but official acts that he undertook while president because we need to allow presidents to function because they make a myriad of decisions every moment. And we don't want them to be constantly living in fear of suits. And we can imagine that one, they might be subject to a lot of frivolous and politically motivated suits, and two, that it would just take so much of their time to defend against these suits. So if a president is sued many times and has to spend time defending against those suits, it could potentially grind the government to a halt. If you or I are sued and we have to spend a lot of time defending, it would obviously affect our personal and professional lives, but it doesn't threaten the U.S. government. So that's part of the reason we have presidential immunity. The other reason is that we want 
presidents to be able to talk with particularly their senior advisors and have open and honest conversations without being worried that they might have to turn over and or reveal the substance of those communications, particularly, really particularly when those conversations deal with sensitive information involving foreign and domestic security. So really, it's an acknowledgement that while no person is above the law, presidents do have a very unique job. And it's not, in fact, like you or me. So where are we legally? Well, the Supreme Court has never definitively ruled on whether a president or former president can be criminally prosecuted for acts that that person takes while they are president. But let me say, just because this is an open legal question, and I've said this before, that doesn't mean it's a difficult legal question. It doesn't mean that this is a really thorny legal topic. In fact, it just means we've never had a president who's engaged in the type of behavior that Trump engaged in when he desperately tried to hold on to power, when he tried to hang on to the presidency, even after he lost the election. Now, Where do we have guidance? Well, we have guidance when it comes to presidential immunity from that one case involving former President Nixon that I just mentioned. But there's another case involving former President Nixon that actually gives us even more guidance. Nixon argued unsuccessfully that he should not have to turn over the secret tapes that he made while he was in the Oval Office to the special counsel who was investigating the Watergate affair. And the court said, no, we have to allow that criminal investigation to continue. Yes, there's a thing called presidential immunity. Yes, it protects presidents in certain situations, but it is not absolute. And one of the things that weighs on the other side of the balance is allowing these criminal investigations, or in this case, I would say criminal cases, to move forward. Now, where are we in Trump's case? Well, Recently, the district court judge, Judge Chutkin, ruled that there was no presidential immunity in this case, that in part, Trump was acting as a candidate, not as the president, when he was making his attempts to hold on to power, when he was allegedly trying to illegally interfere with the peaceful transfer of power to undermine the election. What Judge Chetkin said is those weren't official acts. They shouldn't be protected under presidential immunity. After she made that decision, Trump appealed to that intermediate court, the D.C. Circuit. But what the special counsel, Jack Smith, the prosecutor in this case did, is he went straight to the Supreme Court and said, give us an answer. I don't want to delay this case. Why doesn't he want to delay this case? Because there's a March trial date, and he knows the longer this case drags out, the better it is for Trump politically and legally. And so Jack Smith goes to the Supreme Court. He says, give us an answer. And the Supreme Court says, no, we're going to wait till the D.C. Circuit, again, that intermediate court weighs in. Now, I think we can view the Supreme Court's decision one of two ways. On the one hand, The Supreme Court did not accept Jack Smith's request. And so we can say they're allowing this delay and that's good for Trump. On the other hand, what we can say is the Supreme Court didn't take this up because there's really no there there when it comes to the legal issue, that they're going to let the D.C. Circuit make its decision and then they're going to let 
the loser, which I expect will be Trump, appeal up to the Supreme Court, and then either they might not even take the case or they could just summarily affirm and without a full briefing, without full oral arguments, say, we're letting the DC Circuit decision stand. So, really, there's two lenses to view the Supreme Court's decision not to fast track this case. So, where does this leave us? Well, it leaves us in a place where I think it's worth acknowledging that it makes sense to protect presidents from for instance, having to defend themselves against civil suits. It makes sense to protect presidents to a certain extent when it comes to discussions about sensitive foreign and domestic national security information. But it makes no sense to protect a current or former president from criminal prosecution. And as Judge Chutkin wrote, whatever immunities a sitting president may enjoy that position does not confer a lifelong get-out-of-jail-free pass. I couldn't emphasize this more. We don't want one of the advertisements to be leader of the free world to be, if you get this job, you are immune from criminal prosecution based on any actions that you take, at least official actions, while in office. This is why, again, I expect that the D.C. Circuit is likely to reject the arguments that Trump made. And again, he was seeking to prevent Congress from certifying the Electoral College vote. And he was doing so, in my view, in an improper and illegal way. It's very difficult to say that's an official act by the president. It's an act by a loser who's trying to ignore reality. So the D.C. Circuit is going to hear oral arguments on January 9th. I think they should fully reject Trump's arguments again and say, while you're president, you do have some protections, but they don't extend to non-official acts that potentially give rise to criminal liability. These judicially created doctrines like presidential immunity, they do serve a purpose Presidents don't have normal jobs. They are entitled to some level of protection and acknowledgement of that. We want presidents to make decisions for the public good, but we also want them to know if they break criminal laws, they will pay for them because presumably, and I hope this is still a nation that values the rule of law. So let's hope that the judges follow their judicially created doctrines, in this case, presidential immunity, that they reject Trump's claims and will bring you all the news as this case develops. As always, please rate, review and subscribe and have a great day. 